Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Today, we are so blessed that you're joining us. You know, on this program, you hear us sharing stories and testimonies of folks from around the world in all walks of life. They share their struggles, their heartaches, their heartbreaks, successes, and failures. They do this to help others, you and I, on this podcast right now, to avoid the pitfalls and to achieve our goals without going through the learn-by-experience concept, right? I know. I've got a PhD in learning by failures and experiences. That's a tough way to, to learn how to become successful, to learn how to become a true achiever, to learn how to be an overcomer. Failure is hard, but it's also a great instructor. But when you're able to meet someone who has the ability to help you achieve success, to help you achieve victory, to help you achieve your dreams and guide you through the processes of learning from their experiences, it saves you time, money, and definitely heartache. That's what our guest brings to the program today. Damian Andrews is a former Australian Special Air Service military member. In service, he learned how to bring calm and order to a highly stressed life, life and death situations. That's one thing I know I learned as well from my time as a cavalry officer. I mean, you've heard me speak about this before. You know, you don't have to panic. You simply gather as much intel or as much information as you have in the time allotted, develop a plan of attack, implement the plan, evaluate and adjust as you go until you defeat the enemy and gain the victory. Praise God. No long drawn out meetings and conferences. There's no time for that in battle. I mean, General Patton once said, give me anyone who will implement a good plan now rather than try a perfect plan later. Action. Action determines success or failure in life, in war, and in business. After service, Damien has become a corporate recovery specialist. Damien excels at bringing calm and order to highly stressed or distressed companies and businesses. He helps the leadership in these companies to develop keys for turning their businesses around and implement many highly successful financial plans, and turn their companies back into the successes they were designed to be. Dave is also the CEO and founder of Family Peace Foundation, which he created to prevent domestic violence. He also launched SHARE, S-H-A-I-R dot care, which is a global community sharing experiences and bringing strength and hope to people everywhere to help create strong, healthy, and inspiring relationships. Help me welcome to the program, Damian Andrews. Damian, thank you for taking the time to join us today. I know it's a little late down under uh, right now, but I do appreciate you coming on the program. It's a pleasure to be here, Pastor Pastor Bob. And yeah, it, it is late. Well, it's technically early because it's after midnight. And ah. Oh, it's, so you it's, got all day then. <laughs> exactly. I'm just out of the day. I'm just working up. But thank you for having me on the show. And it is an honor to be part of your, uh, part of your, your ministry, part of what you're doing, and, and to, to help the people that you serve. Amen. I appreciate that. And the first question I always start with, other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words who is Damian Andrews? 
Oh, that's a great question. That's a question we often ponder with. And there was once a question that was put to me um, one time in a different way. It was put to me. It said, why do you get up in the morning? Mm. And really that comes to you. What is your purpose? And that's what I spent a lot of time not really knowing what I what I what I was here for, what I wanted to do with my life, but it really it was deeply ingrained from I think when I was a, a child, my parents were always very giving and and helped the community, and I think that's part of what I grew up with. I, I'm actually a, a war my uh, descendants of war refugees. My grandparents came out to Australia after World War II. I'm, I'm actually Polish, Russian, and Ukraine Amen. <laughs> origin. Amen. Um, so, and I'm fully integrated now, so I'm pretty sure they can work it out too. And maybe they can send me over <laughs> to help sort that out. But um, it's. I think they, you need to be an ambassador. I think you need to send you over there as an ambassador. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm all three. Um, but what I what I did notice as I was growing up was was my parents, and maybe it was because of that upbringing we had, where coming out, we always had to work together to to survive, basically. It was, and it was a giving thing and, and maybe too I, I'm and having that Polish upbringing as well my, both grandmothers were Polish and as, as you know they, they say the man's ahead of the family but the w- woman's the neck and she can turn the head any direction she wants so <laughs> my, my grandmothers both grandmothers were were Polish they were 100% Polish so Roman Catholic was you know we, we were brought up that way and and went to church and and had those upbringings and and had the the philosophy of philosophy of helping others and I I remember that as a child growing up my parents my dad was part of the local footy club um not different from the footy that you play over there we we actually kicked the ball and um (laughs) (laughs) but we um my dad I think he was on the treasury he always brought home the the cash that they had there and we helped count the cash so we always did that when we had the christmas picnics my my dad and this was a favorite time for us as kids my dad would bring home all these big boxes of of lollies and and we would pack the bags for the santa that that santa would give out okay and um but there was always leftover ones there were always odd amounts left over so we got those so that was part of that thing but i think from that there was a deep underlying want to help people to to help people be um to achieve more to to give of yourself to to make the world a better place and i think that's really where i'm at or who i am is it's always been about helping people and one of those times that really stands out after i left the army when I, and i was in perth in western australia and i didn't have a job at that time and I didn't have any money in my bank account. I had a twenty dollar note in my pocket, and I, and I didn't have a job. That was my twenty dollar. That was my, that was all the money I had. And I was working walking through the Perth Mall, and an Aboriginal man came up to me and asked me, "Did I have any change?" Now, honestly, I didn't. I, I only had this twenty dollar note, and I'm not sure why I thought about it. And I pulled it out of my pocket, and I said, "Here, have this." So I gave him my last twenty dollars. Um, at first he looked at it and he's turning it over <laughs> to check whether I think he was checking whether it was real. <laughs> but then he I I saw and I can still see it today, his eyes lit up. Um and then he started dancing and he danced he danced in front of me. Then he went on to, and jumped on top of this bin and was dancing on the bin in the then he went over to what I assume was his partner or girlfriend or wife, and he's holding it in front, dancing in front of her. And I just stood there watching this for what felt like forever, but I felt amazing. I f- and I feel amazing talking about it now. This was 30 years ago. I still feel amazing when I think about that. 
Um, and I'm not sure if it was because I gave that money away. Next morning, I got a call about a job and they needed someone straight away. They wanted me to come in straight away. I went in, I had an interview and I got that job. And I'm not sure if it's because I felt really good about myself that I got a job that bit because I presented myself really well because and that's how I, I thought about it. But I've noticed from that perspective all throughout my life, whenever I've been in a down situation, and, I ha- and I've, I've probably been in a situation where you'd look at it and go, well, you shouldn't give, you've got to protect yourself. I've actually stepped out and said, no, I'm going um, I'm going to give here. Amen. And it's Amen. turned things around. It's changed my life. Where in those down moments when I didn't really have anything to give and I did, it turned things around. And so that's, if you ask me who I am, it's that probably sums up my character it's always what can I do to help someone else? Because I believe it's in your own interest to help other people. Amen. Um, it Amen. works that's, for you. Yeah. yeah if that awesome. answers your question, yeah. I don't know if it's a clear answer to the question, but that's Amen. that's my answer, and I'm locking it in. <laughs> Amen. Hey, locking it. Final answer. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amen. Well, when you left the military, what were your plans? I mean, did you know what you were going to do in regards to what you're doing now uh, when you left the service? Well, that, that, that's, well, you need to take that back to when I started the military and what was my plans. Okay. Um, it was before. So when I was at school, I was like probably like most people and I didn't want to be at school. I liked learning and I think most people do like learning, but sometimes the structure of school really doesn't serve you very well and we all have different ways of learning. And I think schools are recognizing that now and and, and teaching things different ways. But back then they certainly didn't and, and I didn't like being at school, but my dad said I wasn't allowed to leave school unless I had a job. Ironically, the army recruitment people came around about two weeks later and I said, cool, I'm signing up and I don't, it gets me out of school. Then when I got to the army and I did basic training, I've gone through basic training and, and I've looked and started doing that. And I was thinking running around the bush is not that Australia. We don't have a forest. We just have one bush, as you probably know. We have the... <laughs> So after running around the bush, I was going, I don't really like this. <laughs> this maybe wasn't a smart idea. <laughs> so, and but I was smart enough to recognize at the end of basic training, they had a couple of jobs that the good jobs like signals and things like that. But outside of that, you went to infantry, which is more running around the bush, which I didn't want to do. And there was one position no one was going for. Now, I'm an 18-year-old guy. What does an 18-year-old guy primarily think about? The one position that was available was a chef's position. And I was thinking, my first thought was girls like guys that can cook. (laughs) (laughs) And that was my motivation. My second thought was it gets me out of the infantry. And the third, distant third, was I could use this as a career. So I've gone to the school of, um, school of, cooks and learned to be a chef and did a la carte cooking and all that kind of thing. But while I'm there, they asked one of the guys on my class, do you want to go to Perth? And he said, no, he'd just come from Perth. And I, and I just went, ah, it's far away from home. I'll go to Perth. Um, so I said, I'll, I'll go to Perth. And they said, well, okay. All right. And if you'll pass the psychological test, you can go. And I went, yeah, no problem. I'll pass the test. Not even thinking about where I'm going to go. I just, I'll pass the test. Was, yeah. So I went and did it and I did pass jump in my car and I drove from um, Victoria, Melbourne to to Perth, Western Australia, which is equivalent of going from New York to to um, Los Angeles. Wow. 
one side of the country to the other. And I get there and it turns out that I got posted to the SAS. So <laughs> I'm there as a chef um, in the special forces, jumping out of airplanes and doing everything the SAS does, as well as learning to cook. Um, some people, some friends of mine said to me, what are you like Stephen Seagal in, in Under Siege? And I said, yeah, that's probably about right. About that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I see that. Um, yeah. And then after you know, I did that for a while, then I thought, I thought about it and thinking, you know, this is a lot of fun, but I looked 10 years at the people 10 years my senior and I thought that's not where I want to be. I didn't know where I wanted to be, but I decided I was going to get out of the army. And so I got out of the army. I was fluffing around in Perth for a bit. And as I mentioned, there was a period there where I, you know, I met that Aboriginal man and, and gave away that money, Again, did some odd jobs and things like that. And then a friend said, well, there's good money working in the mine sites. So I went, okay. Um, and I decided I wanted to work there. And so I wrote an, a letter of application. This was back, and this is to, sh- you know, radio viewers can't see it, but I am older than I look. And I, um, <laughs> so the, my application was a handwritten letter because didn't have the computer then. And so I wrote an, a letter. I found who were the, the five biggest contractors that worked up in the mines in the, the northwestern Australia. And, and I wrote them a letter each. And then the next day, I wrote another letter and sent it off. And the next day I wrote another letter and sent it off to them again. So, and after two weeks of doing this, one of them called him up and said, you seem very keen. <laughs> Why don't you come in for an interview? <laughs> so I got that job and um, I worked in the mine sites for a bit, but then I got a bit homesick, came back to uh, Victoria and realized and had a bit of a think about it and thought, you know, what my dad said about education, getting an education is probably an important thing. <laughs> so I went to university and and I this time I wanted to study, um, I wanted to study accounting and commerce and law because I wanted to work in, um, for whatever reason, I wanted to work in, in financial um, business advisory, um, corporate recovery. That's where I, I'm not sure why. I wanted to work it, but that's probably the only the time that I really wanted to do something. So up to that point in time, you know, the reason I wanted to do something was getting away from something. And I was always constantly doing something to avoid. I got joined the army to avoid school. Um, I joined, I went to, I took the, wanted to go to Perth to get further away from home, um, you know, and, but it was, it was then later on, I decided I wanted to work in, in corporate recovery, which gave me a lot of experience working with business. Um, working with people, dealing with high stress situations. You don't, you know, you, I had to walk into a company, take control of it. It was in financial distress. I had to take control of it, create rapport with the employees, assess very quickly, do we trade this on or break it up? Kind of felt like Richard Gere at a pretty woman, you know, taking over companies and break. I had more hair back then. For those watching, I don't have much hair. <laughs> Or if you're looking at my photo, I don't know. I, 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 I'm right here with you. <laughs> I put it down to too many U-turns under the sheets. I'm not sure we can say that here, but people can work it out. <laughs> but um, I, I, um, I, I really learned to create rapport and and have an empathy for people in in those situations and trying to to work that out. And then that, I think that again connected to that wanting you know, wanting to help people. It was a difficult situation. It wasn't their fault the company was in financial trouble, but what could we do to turn this around? How could we we make it work um, where we could make it work? Um, so that's, I've forgotten what the question was, but that, that's you a story. Amen. <laughs> so so that, cause that's where I want to get you to is what you're doing now. And, and do businesses, are they usually the ones that reach out to you? I mean, you know, after 
after things are already going wrong and they're really on the, the last breath of survival, is that when they reach out to you or do they call you, you know, well before things have reached that point so they can try and get better? Yeah. So that was, I mean, I did corporate recovery for a while. And then while I was doing that, I found I could could actually go out and consult by myself and, and earn a lot more money doing pretty much the same thing. And so now I'm I'm not doing corporate recovery anymore. I'm, I am working with businesses to help them be better. But normally it's a word of mouth thing because I, you know, I've I've got a pretty good reputation for for what I do. I haven't really advertised a lot, but mostly I work with large businesses. Um, although I do have some smaller business clients. One of my clients, um, they were a, a small engineering business. Their their turnover was. Um, about eight million dollars a year. So it was just, and it was a second generation family company. They were a lot bigger, but then went through some hard times. Um, and I got involved to to help them. We we uh, made a couple of very simple changes, and it was more about identifying what the client's needs were. And we really, they didn't work any harder. But in eighteen months, their revenue went from eight million dollars to twenty five million dollars. Oh, amen. Um, yeah. So, and it was just a simple change, and and that's part of what I do now with large corporates. It's it's going in there and going, okay, how do we how do we make this work better? How do we make the culture better? How do we make it um, operate better and smoother, um, but with without putting in an extra any extra effort? Because you hear it all the time: work smarter, not harder. But how often do you actually see it? Right. Um, yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, and that's where, where I come in and go, well, actually what we need to, and it's not so much that it's difficult. Life is pretty simple. Life is very simple. There's very simple principles to follow. Um, and one of them, and I was, you know, and you've, you know, heard that, but, you know, in the Bible, you talk about, you know, be kind to one another, one another, tenderhearted, forgive, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's not a hard thing to do. It's not hard to be nice to people. Um, when you want to be, you know, sometimes when you know someone has a go at you, we forget that, you know, as God, God, God in Christ forgave you. And all of a sudden we're starting to get angry at the person. Yeah. And, but if we, if we maintain that principle and it's, it's interesting how, um, cause I used to be, when I was younger, I used to be, could be quite an angry person. I remember there was one time I was helping out a friend's friends, um, at their wedding and I was at the front of the church helping out, um, sorting things out, and there was a spot where the bride was to pull up. So I was directing people going to the church. The bride hadn't got there yet. And and someone went and parked in the spot where the bride was to pull up. Now, to be fair, there was nothing that marked it as the that's where the bride was going to park. But I've stormed over and gone, what the hell are you parking there? Where is it going to And I've chewed this guy out in front of his girlfriend or wife or whoever she was. Um not the best way to approach that situation. <laughs> so he's he's like, you know, and, and got in his car and drove away and you could tell he was upset and, and rightly so. Um, so I could be fairly um, angry in the, in the past. And then I, I've since learned that if you do have that approach, you know, be kind to one another, you know, forgive, you know, uh, as God in Christ forgave you. Yeah. And if someone is angry at you, if you just, you know, and I've noticed this where I've walked into those situations where someone's starting to get a little bit angry, I don't even get defensive. I just step back a little bit and said, oh, you're having a tough day, are you? I'm Damien. 
and all of a sudden the situation calms down a bit. Or if someone attacks, I had that, it was funny, I was um, on in some of the construction sites that I work in uh, with the, the, the big construction companies. I always go in usually uh, with a suit on. And I, I like to wear the old 80s style braces. You remember them from you know, Wall yeah. Street? Because I think they look really cool. And I was there and there was an old guy. He was the, the superintendent. So he was the boss of the client, basically. He Well, he was the, the the power behind the client. He represented the client. And he was a grumpy old, you know, um, choose, your, choose your description. <laughs> he was a really grumpy person. <laughs> And we're having this chat, and he was could be difficult to deal with. And then, you know, as we're talking, I didn't have my jacket on, but I had the braces there. And it, and he and we're talking, and he just grabbed my braces and flicked them, <laughs> and I, and I just ignored it, just let it go straight. That's why I don't have any hair because it let it go of my head. <laughs> and and we're talking, and and he resolved it. And then he turned to me, and he goes, "Actually, you know what? I love the way you wear braces." I thought they'd been really cool and I wish I had the guts to wear braces like you do. And then from that moment, our relationship changed. Amen. He became really nice. And it was, I didn't react to it. I didn't get offended. I didn't, you know, and I'm not saying if someone, you know, hits you or something, you shouldn't, you know, <laughs> defend yourself. But, you know, in, in that circumstance, it was, you know, I I just Amen. did let it go. And and from that, um, it became very easy, and my and I found now I, I get along and and deal with situations really well, and people go out of their way to actually help me get things that I want to do because I've I've helped them or I'm just nice to them, and it's not and that's what I'm saying it's it's pretty simple. Yeah. Well, matter of fact, you share the you know the choice hard or easy is actually mm. up to the individual to choose. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, what I mean by that is, is I life has some fairly simple principles um, and fairly simple rules that uh, exist. And some people, you know, listening to this, they'll go, oh, "I don't believe that." And I'd frame that with: if if you go up to the twenty second floor of a building and go out on the balcony and step off, no matter whether you believe in gravity or not, you're going to go down. <laughs> Because that's that's the rule. That's the oh, way it works. <laughs> and life has, and and if you go through the Bible, um, I know you relate to that. There, there's a lot of very simple principles in there, and if you follow those principles, um, you you will, um, your life will be fairly easy. But a lot of times we don't follow them, and and I and I can't remember. I know there's the the tale of the talents in the Bible. Um, where it talks about you know uh, the person not using their money well and getting it taken off them, but if we want to take it even um, back a step further, and, and I'm sure there's you'll be able to uh, reference the specific quotes, is if you want to have money, for example, which is a lot of people can relate to wanting money, so that's why I use that as a, as an example. Um, if you want to to earn money, it's pretty straightforward. Is you add value of some sort you solve a problem so as an employee if you add value um to it to a business you're going to get paid for that the irony of that is and when and what people don't realize is if you add a little bit of extra value which is not hard in today's world because there's there's we know there's an employee you know, skill shortage is actually not hard to add value but the the research shows that if you if you worked an extra hour the a week then your actual salary increase is about 40 percent higher wow so it's not it's not 
it's not measured in the same um, linear scale as the extra hour you worked. Then if you're clever about what you do, you can actually work smarter and do that extra hour as work while you're there instead of sitting there around the water cooler chatting at, yeah. the, you know, Amen. about whatever. You can actually get that done during the normal time and get that extra 40% income. Um, and that's so, and the, the principle is just add value. Um, it's it's not difficult and and um, to do that. And then if you want to be wealthy, there's three steps. Um, it's save a bit of what you earn, invest that, and then reinvest the income. Again, they're not that's not a difficult instruction. Yeah. and and it's not only that, if you if you follow that instruction, you will be wealthy. It's not a it's not an if, you will be wealthy. <laughs> um, and that's what we're talking about when I we we talk about this and and we take businesses and and now we're working on some programs for individuals as well, taking through this process of the these are the principles. the the issue you've got is following it which is because we all come with a set of beliefs um, and sometimes, you know, they usually come from our parents or we've learnt them, but those beliefs are what shape us and we forget that the beliefs aren't real. They're just what we have chosen to believe. It's a thought that we've repeated over and over again. And you can simply change that by changing the way you think and all of a sudden you have a new set of beliefs and your life then becomes easy. It it becomes a habit, and that's because we are creatures of habit. The same. I mean, the the reason you, know, you every you know, no doubt you you people you yourself you would pray regularly, and, and as a result of that, that works for you. You get you actually get in tune with with God, and you, and you, you you were talking in the pre-show about things that have happened. You're paying attention, and and everything, and then all of a sudden you go, ah, oh, that's why. I get why you're doing that. Exactly. Um, exactly. And it's through that habit that you actually become aware of that. And it's the same sort of thing with these principles. We actually have trained ourselves and doing things in a hard way. As soon as we let go and go, hey, all right, I'm listening. I'm listening to what you're saying. Here. What the reason I'm feeling this pain is you're trying to tell me something that I need to do differently. Yeah. Yeah. And if I just, and, and all I need to do is start repeating a new set of habits, and then my life will become fairly easy. And those new set of habits are guided by those simple principles. Awesome. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with uh, Damian Andrews. And you need to come back for the conclusion of the interview because we're just starting to get into good stuff right now. But in the meantime, drop down below into the show notes, click the links there, get in touch with Damian, and get this book, Be the Black Hole. It is awesome. Amen. Till next time, this is Pastor Bob reminding you be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.
Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.